So I feel like every kid has gone through a phase where they just like to build shit and like rip things apart and then make them anew. Okay. Like, I, I'm, am I wrong in thinking that? Did not everybody have that phase? Uh, no, technically, I never outgrew it. My okay. kids are just in the tear it apart. They haven't figured out to put it together. Okay. Well, then I'll say this. What is the most creative thing you as a child ever ripped apart, built again, tinkered with, what have you? Or what is the worst thing that your children have ever ripped apart that you have owned that you've been mad about that was ripped apart to figure out how it works? Um, for me, it was so uh, part of my script later is some of the things I've torn apart and rebuilt as a kid. <laughs> um, so I did an old toaster. I've done the VCR. I've done those. Um, but I think the big one was I was having troubles with uh, 1992 Winter Olympics on our Commodore 64. And I was getting mad at it. I was 10 years old and I ripped apart my dad's Commodore 64 to figure out what the hell was going on. Yeah. So my dad is, my entire family are big computer nerds. I'm the one who's all like, I would prefer to work with saws. Um, (laughs) You were the weird one. (laughs) I was the weird, I was the weird one by going into the trades. The rest of my family are sysadmins. So um, it ended up being this fun little project that me and my dad kind of bonded over of putting the 64 back together and um getting the game working um because that was one of my favorite games when i was a kid funny enough Mm -hmm. um as for my children all of the their breaking has been through blunt force trauma and there is no coming back from yeah you don't fix that sort of stuff (laughs) no that's my house as well for me it was all about lego i just liked building whatever i could out of the weirdest pieces possible it wasn't like the electronics or things like that but lego was my take it apart rebuild it and make something new I straight up was the like spaceship guy from the Lego movie. That's it. At 12, like just spaceship. Love that. I love that for you. <laughs> I'm, I was not the person that ripped things apart. It was my brother that did. But like I grew up as a child with my brother who would build traps like constantly. Like if you opened a door, Ooh. you would get shot by a Nerf gun kind of traps. And this kid was That's probably awesome. like five or six years old. Like somebody saw Home Alone and took it to heart and was 100%. like, this is a life plan. Yeah, that was that was my brother in a nutshell. So I um yeah, I hate it. I hate it so much. I hate tinkerers. <laughs> Not a fan. <laughs> I have a fear. <laughs> How did you make it through an entire campaign with Lockie? Uh barely. I mean, she okay. lost the leg. So <laughs> I mean you're welcome. I built you a leg too. Thank you. <laughs> Got a newer, better one. Is it though? Is it? I mean, was it lost and broken? No, it, it was fine by the end of it. I mean, it depends on if they picked it up off the bottom of the cliff you jumped out of you shot it off with like an arrow that exploded did you not (laughs) your leg yeah no i'm talking about the the uh that uh when we were just trying to kill gods you jumped out a window i did i do those things that was those are things that i do yeah love that it's a mimic the round table dungeons and dragons discussion where you never know what you're going to get Welcome to another episode in our conversation on classes. I'm Dan, and with me today are Megan and Brad. And this episode is called, oh, okay, uh, Artificers, Comprehension of Invention, not to mention Attention to Intention and Extension of Convention. Wow, that was well done. Uh, First try. Yeah, now watch <laughs> me stumble over four-letter words later. We've previously covered the alchemist, artillerist, and battlesmith in our first Artificer episode, which started off with a breakdown of the regular class features and level progression. You can find that episode as well as our other class episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and dozens of other podcast apps. Or alternatively, you could jump over to YouTube and dig into the entire playlist on classes that we've built there. 
So this episode, we're going back to Tasha's Cauldron of Everything to cover the last Artificer subclass option listed there before the glorious and sexy panel of Dungeon Masters, thanks Adam, crafts together some unique perspectives about the 16 different Artificer infusions that there are for Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition. So Megan, Brad, have you had a chance yet to play an Artificer? And if not, are you interested? I have not had the chance. It is the one class that I want to play most, but just it's one of those ones that it's harder to fit into a campaigner party. Well, we had one. We had one. Yeah, you killed him with a fireball. Yes, I did. Yeah. <laughs> Easy to kill. Get rid of. <laughs> uh, I've never played them either. I, in, in fact, I don't think I've ever really read about them, to be honest with you. Really? Um, maybe it's my internal fear of like people that build random things that are random stuff. I don't know. But like, I just, I maybe from a role-playing perspective, reading about them, perhaps, maybe I'll change my mind by the end of this episode. But right now, not something I'm totally interested in. Well, let's let's hope to sell you on this one. Um, so what we're going to start off with is the lore of the artificers. And now artificers, like you are afraid of, Megan, are the inventors of the D&D sphere who take engineering and magic and mix it together into a wonderful slurry of creation. Magic isn't a simple code to unlock or learn to your artificer, but rather an intensely complex machine needing to be torn apart and put back together, just like, see, it's part of my script, my family's old toaster, VCR, Commodore 64, and one time, the dishwasher after I flooded the house. That happened twice. <laughs> it does not surprise me. No, no. Yeah, no, not at all. No. Now, using the much-forgotten tool set of D&D, no, literally, they use toolkits like the Tinker's Kit and the Chef's Kit as their focus for their arcane machinations. These Adam Savages in studded leather are aching to beat someone over the head with a wrench, as I am, nearly daily, Adam. But seriously, they must use a tool set in the casting of their spells. Should you roll one of these enigmatic engineers, you should be aware of what kit or tool you would use to cast every single spell or ability that you use. The book gives some suggestions. A cure wound spell is just your character hastily mixing a potion with an alchemist kit. Silent image is a tinkered together mechanism tossed on the ground that self-destructs at the end of the spell. Every spell can be justified with just about any artisan tool uh, kit that you could get. I'd recommend when you select your spells, make a note as to which way your character uses which tool to cast that spell. This will help you fill in the blanks and add some always helpful flair to your character's attitude and role play. All fantastic machines in a D&D campaign have, at one point, had an artificer's hands on it. Flying airships, light rails, guns, automatons, or clockwork conveniences all stem from these out-of-the-box thinker tinkers. But you gotta start from somewhere. So for the uninitiated, let's break down the mechanics of the class real quick as they're presented in Tasha's Soup of Some Stuff. Because so, it's cauldron of everything? Yeah, no. Um, some stuff. Giggling to myself over here. Yeah, okay. I was we're, hoping... we're just ignoring you. <laughs> Why? I, I got weird with some of this stuff. Right? Anyways. Hi. So starting stuff in the soup you are a d8 hit point half caster character which means your guys should basically blur the lines between a marshal and a caster okay you just kind of stand midline as a artificer this is supported by proficiency in light medium armor and shields and simple weapons you are also proficient in thieves tools tinker tools as well as one additional type of artificer's tools use this last one to really breathe some unique life into the character 
Since you're smart, but prone to accidents, your saving thrones are int and con. And you can be proficient in two of either arcana, history, investigation, medicine, nature, perception, or sleight of hand. At first level, you get spells and magical tinkering. That's it. You don't get infusions yet. For spells, you get cantrips, which are base level spells that function slightly different than your normal spells and normal spells. You prepare spells like a cleric or druid, which I find particularly interesting considering they're kind of more arcane and int base feel here. But you prepare spells equal to half your artificer level plus your int mod rounded down per day. You can then cast from this pool of prepared spells with your spell slots as you wish. As for magical tinkering, you use your tools to create a fun or useful effect on a tiny non-magical item as an action. You can have it shed a light, store a message, make a smell or nonverbal sound, or have it show a picture of up to 25 words of text or simple line art. This property lasts indefinitely, but you can only have one item run that one property at a time. However, nicely, it is an action to strip the magic from that item. At second level, you get to learn to infuse an item with further magic. This is kind of like a Warlock's Invocations meets magic items. You get a selection of four at the start, but can only have a couple going at a time. This grows as you level, of course, giving you 12 known infusions and six active infusions at any given time. Third level brings your artificer specialization or your subclass and the right tools for the job, which lets you create any artisan kit you want with an hour of uninterrupted work with your thieves tools or another set of artisan tools on hand. Fourth, like anything else, gets you your ASI before your sixth level ability, which gives you expertise in all tools that you're proficient with. This includes thieves tools, okay? So double proficiency with thieves tools. An At expert. At seventh level, you can have a flash of genius that lets you use your reaction to give yourself or another creature within 30 feet a bonus to a skill check or saving throw equal to your intelligence modifier. And you can do that a number of times equal to your intelligence modifier per long rest. Tenth level, your skill with magic items is so adept, it's called magic, uh, magic item adept, that you can attune with four items and it gives you a bonus on creating your own magic items taking a quarter of the time and half the gold as standard. 11th level lets you store a spell in an object, be it a weapon or an item that you can use as a spell focus. You then drop a spell from your spell list, no wizards charging this for you, of either first or second level into that item and can cast that spell later through that item. Actually, well, anybody can cast that spell should they know the trigger and are holding onto the item. They'd use your spell casting modifiers as their own when casting a spell and would have to concentrate if the spell required it. Now that spell will stay charged in that item until regardless of who casts it, cast that spell twice your int mod or until you store a different spell or a different or into a different item. At, t- at 14th level, you become a savant with magic items and can now attune to five items at once as well as ignore any race, class, spell, or level requirements for attuning. 18th level makes you a magic item master, now being able to attune with twice as many items as your average PC at six. And finally, your capstone 20th level ability gives you the soul of the artifice, which gives you plus one to all saves per item you're attuned to, so up to a plus six to all saves. And should you be dropped to zero hit points, you can use your reaction to basically disenchant one of your active infusions to instead be at one hit point. So that's what we have for the general run of the mill for um, artificers in Tasha's Cauldron of Everything. 
Megan, let's go over the last subclass that we have now. Let's go over the armorer. What do you got? The armorer. So it's exactly as it sounds like. So I'm going to start with a quote from Tasha's because I feel like it fits really well. Uh, and that is, and I quote, classic artificer, logic right here. What if where our invention goes explosively wrong, we are inside of it? <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. And it it kind of killed me inside. It was quite great. So I, yeah. And again, it's exactly as it sounds. They are bonded to their armor always striving to increase its durability, its magical capabilities, and sometimes even basically launch attacks from the armor itself. You're Iron Man. Yeah, you're, yeah, yeah. you're basically Iron Man with this yeah, amazing so. like suit of armor. And like, I feel artificers bode a certain kind of level of obsession when it comes to tinkering. So I feel like this character's opening line, no matter where you meet, would be like, have you seen my armor and what it can do? <laughs> have you seen this my jacket? My jacket. Have you seen it? <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is Mark 28. absolutely so to break it down a little bit further you kind of went over the basics but there are a couple of extra things that come with being in an um an armorer tinkerer so at level three you do get um tools of the trade which is proficiency in heavy armor if you don't have it already obviously as well as in smithing tools um so kind of checks out your your building armor Uh, however if you already have those proficiencies in smithing tools you can actually gain a proficiency in other artifice in one of the other artificer tools so you're not kind of like locked into what it gives you and if you already have it too bad so sad which is nice yeah yeah and then the spells that you get as an armorer is at third level you get magic missile and thunder wave I kind of feel like the theme of thunder fits because you're smithing armor. And I'm thinking like Thor's hammer style smithing armor with like lightning to meld your metals together. So is, is the, are the magic missiles like the, the palm blasters? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Oh yeah. Palm blasters, yeah. like your chest piece. Like, like, yeah. Yeah. It's coming out your armor in one way or another. You can figure out where. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Pull my uh, finger. <laughs> gross. <laughs> um, at fifth level, you get mirror image and shatter. Okay, that tracks. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was a really funny one, just like a break it. (laughs) Um, At ninth level, you get hypnotic pattern and lightning bolts. Again, I feel a little bit thematic. Yep. Uh, And then at 13th level, you get fire shield, which I I guess it's a shield, but like, I mean, I I feel it's weird that they implement I get, well, I guess it's armor, right? You're you're armor at this point, right? You're looking for something to defend yourself. It makes sense to me. Well, the shield made sense from the armoring, but like the fact that we switched from lightning to thunder, like, sorry, from lightning to fire was yeah. like at first i was like that's stupid but now that i think about it more it kind of makes just, sense you just need to add a flamethrower to the wrist 100 why not <laughs> your artificers get burning hands they sure yeah, do that's true uh sorry and at 13 level you also get greater invisibility which that's, is I guess, that's wild. You, so you just get a stealth kit yeah basically yeah you can well think i like to think of it as like a cloaking mechanism on the armor yeah yeah but like, I, I don't know, I, I'm with it, but I'm also not with it because I feel like as a, a character who's played a lot of heavy armored characters, being invisible and not noticeable is a very hard thing to do. And I feel like that comes with being that kind of character. So I feel like you're giving them a free out to be able to be sneaky. Yeah. But that's just me. But then again, at 13th level, that's a that's a pretty high spell to cast just to be invisible for a day. Right. So now is it is it invisibility whenever? Uh, no, no. I have to look. I, no. No, it's um, spell it's a- counts, right? Because you're still using the spell slots. It's just one of the spells that you know. Oh, okay. okay. Um, and yeah. your greater invisibility only lasts a minute, right? It's not like a long-lasting. Is it greater or standard invisibility? Greater it- invisibility. Yeah, greater okay. Invisibility. okay, yeah. 
Yeah. So a little bit better than your classic, but like, again, you're, you're wasting a pretty high spell slot for it. So I feel like it's only going to come in handy at like the most important moments in your, like that being invisible and running away it's, is it's a important. niche spell, but I think there'll be moments where you're like, Oh, I'm Critter so visibility is not a niche spell. Well, for, for <laughs> an armor type character, I think it would be, I, I mean, everybody and their mom, especially a rogue wants greater invisibility right who's mom everybody's mom um it it it's one of the best spells in DD like be able to stay invisible after you attack like sure it's only a minute but what combat is going more than 10 rounds no yeah absolutely right so it's true enough i I mean yes some especially have a role play heavy party very much like the option of people just going first two rounds of combat i'm i'm a pacifist they have to i have to be hit before i'll draw my weapon Okay, fine. Yeah. Those rounds are going to go quickly. But once you get into it, 10 rounds, like one minute is not a lot of time. Yeah, especially at that level. Like yeah. I feel like battles at that level are meant to last a long period of time. Yeah. So um, I don't know. I just realized that spell you'll forget you ever have until like it's too late. And you're like, oh, I had that thing that I could have used to escape. Oh, I totally could have used greater oh. visibility and walked away and left the rogue around, alone in the room. Oh. Oh. <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, and then at level nice thing about that though, just one last thing. you always have these spells prepared, right? These aren't yeah. part yeah. of your morning preparation. So it is one of those ones that, oh shit, that'd be really useful right now. Oh, good thing I have it. Yeah. 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 But again, I would forget that I have it. I forget I have 95% of things that I have as a D&D player. So this is one that I would forget that I have as an artificer. So, but again, <laughs> I, can look at the, I can see Dan's face. <laughs> you want to get into more niche? Let's get to 17th level. Yes. At 17th level, you get pass wall and then wall of force. So you get a portal gun and you get a, a force field. Yeah. You get a portal gun and a force field. Yeah. I like that. So, so as somebody who grew up resisting technology in his D and D games, I'm now, I have no issue with guns or anything in my games, but like mm-hmm. the, the armor feels still a bit, it, it's pushing that boundary for me. Where I'm these, just, these are spells that are all available to your standard wizard. Yeah, I get that, but they're right? spells. You're flavoring this, them. You, you there's no spells. To, you're just now you're putting a new flavor on them. Yes, but you you uh, it is highly recommended you are using your artificer's tools, your artisan tools, whatever you are proficient oh, with, as the arcane focus of your spells, which mm-hmm. they very much can be. And yeah. being the arcane focus of the spells, you are now describing how, with a set of smith's tools, you are coming up with a wall of force right sure. yeah well okay if you're going to use a smith's tools to come up with a wall of force that is you pulling out a tinkered thing smoking it a couple times with a hammer and like tossing it on the ground it's skittering to a stop and force field i i think with the with the armor i'm again more inclined to put those effects into the armor themselves so not so much pulling out the tinker tools in this point, but I'm activating something in the armor that I had, you know, prepared. Can your armor, armor be a spell focus? I don't think so. No, but I think you can flavor it well enough, right? You're yeah. using some of your tools to activate a piece on the armor or something like that. I, yeah, I, think I, I, flavor I agree for the armor, that. you should be using your armor flavor-wise as the... Sure. 100%. Like the pass wall, like your your armor gives you the ability to suddenly it's like, oh, we invisible, let's go. And then like wall of force would be like all of a sudden like you are just creating a physical barrier or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Like you can flavor it to be just a part of the armor. But cool. all right. So after the spells, obviously at third level, you do get your arcane armor. So 
basically it's a magical armor that gives you the ability to ignore strength as a requirement, which is pretty dope. Which is massive. Yeah. yeah huge. Literally massive. Um, and then you can actually use your armor as it's spellcasting focus. So back to that conversation we had before, you can actually use yeah, it. Yeah, that you. answers that question. Absolutely. Yeah. Does. Um, the other joy is that the armor that is attached to you cannot be removed without your consent, which also great, great, great teaching lesson for everybody. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and that you have to know that's uh, conscious or not, right? It, yep. it doesn't uh, differentiate here. So if you're knocked out, you can't have your armor stripped off you. Which I think that's is a really cool, cool flavor piece. If like, someone's going to rip your armor off after you're like dead, it's like, ah, no. <laughs> I, I'm just imagining an oil can moment. Like a Wizard of Oz. <laughs> Well, then you, you can give consent for it to be removed. Uh, <laughs> not if you're paralyzed underneath. Absolutely not. Oh my goodness. Uh, and then as a bonus flavor, you can retract or deploy like the your helmet as a bonus well, well, action. You're Iron Man. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Every single I mean, piece of this is, how do we make you Iron Man? How do we make this as cool as possible? It's, so yeah. to answer that question, it's it can replace any limbs that you have lost. Which so, is really cool. Which is really cool. So like- it's been really for, useful for your paladin, right? Yeah, so if I lose a leg, my armor will just become my leg, which is really cool. Awesome. And then less fun, but really, but it's very helpful with people to keep track of this stuff is that you can don or doff your armor as an action. Normally to don a set of full plate mail armor or plate mail as it is uh, called in 5e, I got to stop doing that, um, is I think 10 minutes. It's not yeah. a small amount of time. Yeah, yeah it's it's, it's really not a small amount of time. And it's now six seconds. Uh, uh, about the missing limbs thing, you're still missing a limb. This well, yes. just functions oh, as yeah. a limb. Right? Sorry, it your, your prosthetic flesh. is now built in and can be donned and doffed in an action. I, 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 I can guarantee you that losing your arm within the ar- within the armor will still hurt like a bitch. Oh, and, absolutely. But but you'll you'll you still get a functional hand. Yeah, one hundred percent. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> now, correct me if I'm wrong. This is where I think rules as intended versus rules as written. Something's missing here. Hmm. The way that it says it as an action, you can turn a suit of armor you are wearing into arcane armor, providing you have the tools. Yeah. Yeah. And then it says the armor continues to be arcane armor until you don another suit of armor or you die. So technically, could you take this armor off and give it to someone else as long as you don't don another suit of armor? I feel like that'd be a really fun flavor piece. And if I was a DM, I'd allow it. I would be like, absolutely. You I, can don the armor, you, hand it off to somebody else. However, when you die, the yeah. person wearing the armor will know because the armor will turn yeah. off. But it is also don another set of armor. So if you yes, were but walking if you don't, around as a barbarian with your chest hairs. You retire. But like yeah. if you retired and you're uh, handing it off to your child. Okay, here's what I'm such thinking. an interesting character build. Yeah. Now. Like I'm it, about it. Brad. I, I'm picturing more. <laughs> I'm picturing a... Tony Stark Pepper Potts thing, right? Where he puts the armor on her to save her. Yeah. Like that's the sort of thing that I'm picturing. Like you could possibly get this armor onto someone else because it still dons or doffs as an action. Yeah. <laughs> so so here's here's my other question. And I don't know how politically correct this is going to be, which is always a dangerous way to start a thought. Throw down. How does it fit? Love it when you start sizes, a sentence genders, like that. <laughs> and races? No, not between sizes, genders, and races. It's magical armor. It says it's magical armor. It'll shift to fit. That's yeah. that's uh... not a problem. But uh, so avid listener of the podcast, Dulos12 on Reddit, has put together his Limitless Heroics book, which is on Kickstarter. You guys can find a link to that Kickstarter on our Reddit. This Um, is not a paid ad. We just genuinely love the guy. I genuinely love the guy. Hmm. But the whole thesis behind the book is, uh, which both Adam and I are uh, sponsored. 
uh, sponsors on the Kickstarter. Um, the big thing about the book is that it is a uh, way to enable uh, other other otherly abled people into playing D anD D. So it's it's got wheelchairs, prosthetics. Um, the one that really really spoke to me is there's hearing devices for like deaf characters. And- <gasps> stuff like that so very cool stuff this is a great project he's put a lot of blood sweat and tears into it but Mm. i gotta ask this is the part that i'm not so sure is politically correct so dulos reach out to us buddy to let us know um could you put somebody who is wheelchair bound into an arcane armor and then it's working with their limbs and then they can walk yes i I I feel like that's been done before absolutely as a dm i would allow it and as a player i would actually lean into it as a DM, I would allow it. As a player, um, I, I would allow it as well. But uh, sorry, I would I would be okay with it if it was at the table. However, I would encourage you guys to look at this Limitless Heroics book yes. as an opportunity to maybe make your arcane like being upwardly bipedal is not necessarily the only way your character moves around. And I could see an armorer in a wheelchair, and the wheelchair oh, sure. you're now you know a floating professor x kind of yeah, thing absolutely X-Men, right uh, mm-hmm. so um be open to ver uh to uh varieties of look for your arcane armor oh right? for sure yeah love it very cool i encourage it yeah. <laughs> all right <clears throat> well after that at level three you get your armor model a lot Which of is, stuff at third level. Yeah. It, it basically says here, you're an armor. Here's all of these things right away. Yeah. yeah. Uh, great. But that's also the thing is like, it would suck if you start at level one and then yes. everyone's like, yeah, you're level three. Just add your Except it would feel your- so good when you hit level three oh. as the artificer. But you die at level two. Anyways. Um, Johnny. <laughs> he died get- at level three. That's. Oh. <laughs> you get your armor, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Um, anyways, you get your armor model, so you get to choose between either guardian or infiltrator. So basically, this is uh, you kind of customizing your armor to your play style is kind of how I feel like this represents. So each model does give you the ability to choose a special weapon, um, and then you can actually choose to use your intelligence mod instead of your strength or dex for attack and damage rolls. Um, and then you can basically change between guardian or infiltrator between a short and long rest, which I think is an interesting note to take. Like it's almost like you're not stuck in one direction or the other. I yeah. I really enjoy that little fact. I would have preferred to see it as a long rest thing, just for balance reasons. Yeah, yeah. It seems weird that like I get understand for like wording and for like clarification that to put short or long rest. But I'm like, okay, but if I can do it a short rest, I'm gonna fucking do it at a short rest. So absolutely, yeah. yeah well, <laughs> as a DM, you have to account for this as you're prepping encounters, right? It's true. Yeah. So we're storming the castle, and then we're gonna take an hour break, and then we're going into the castle and gonna fight our way through catacombs. Okay, yeah. so I'm guarding up until that short rest and then i'm infiltrator for the rest of it yeah yeah as a player this is fantastic as a dm you either need to not give that rest or be prepared for the fact that this is going to happen the hard part is like the players will always push for at least a short rest and the fact that this happens at a short rest it's it's just inevitably going to happen unfortunately yeah 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 so we'll go through them so for guardian um obviously it's kind of as it sounds but you get some couple of cool abilities you get your thunder gauntlets or your defensive field so for thunder gauntlets each gauntlet counts as a melee weapon of 1d8 thunder damage if this creature that you hit then goes to hit another creature they have disadvantage because it's not you so it's kind of like your command you're like it's like uh hit them to fight you it's it's sentinel 
it's kind of built yeah. in Sentinel, right? It, Very much so. It sucks because you're still a DA hit points. That never changed. Yeah, that doesn't <laughs> change. So yeah, and I think that's the the part that you have to remember that like yes, you get a lot at third level, but like it's stuff that doesn't scale. So yeah, but you're still getting you're getting full plate, you're getting armor, and you're getting proficiencies, true. which we'll get into with infusions. There's lots of ways that this is gonna yeah boost. Yeah, true, true, true. You might not have a lot of hit points, but you're gonna be hard to hit. Yeah, hundred percent. Hence the guardian, shall we yeah. say? Hey. Um, and then for your defensive field as a bonus action, you can gain temp hit points equal to your level, uh, but it does replace any temp points that you already have. Yeah, temp hit points never. Yeah, stack, they don't right? stack. Yeah. yeah. So um and then obviously, if you lose your armor, it goes away or take your armor off. It, it disappears. So simple, sure. simple as that. And then for Infiltrator, it's a little bit more subtle. So you get the lightning launcher, which doesn't sound subtle to me, but that's <laughs> It's fine. a little bit more subtle. You throw <laughs> lightning across the battlefield. But it's a ranged weapon. So this is more like your, your distancy kind of character versus being right up front in the battle is how I read it. So it acts as a ranged weapon shooting a lightning, like basically a lightning bolt of 90 feet to 300 feet with 1d6 lightning damage. So it's a ranged attack with slightly uh, one, like a, a lower dice of damage versus your guardian. And similar to Witch Bolt, right? It continues in the next round. You can choose to either keep going or not. Yeah. And the other thing that stepped out or stood out to me is in the flavor of it. We talked earlier about being Iron Man. Mm -hmm. You literally get a gem-like node in your chest or fists. Or fist, literally. Yeah, it says that in the book. Yeah. <laughs> womp, womp. Yeah. yeah. You're Iron Man if you are the infiltrator. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you also get powered steps, which increases your walking speed by five. So sure. let's walk a little bit cool. faster. Why not? And then you get dampening field, which is advantage on decks slash like, like stealth checks. So mm -hmm. hiding yourself. Yeah. So that that's, you are now done third level. Um, and I got to say, remember, you're still casting spells, y'all. Yeah. Like you still have spells. You still have infusions on top of everything this gives. Um, third level armorer. Yeah. Speaks to me as a min-maxer, as a potential multi-class option. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, I could just do a nice little three-level dip in my Warlock, uh, in my Hexblade Warlock into this, and now I'm undefeatable. Uh -huh. Get out with your multi-classing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really trying hard to stick through Bard, man. I'm really trying I hard to I believe in you. Bard. I think that you're going to do okay. <laughs> <laughs> rolling valor just so i could be gishy is the way i'm doing it oh how very dare yeah all right well back to it level five you get extra attack because why not yeah um. <laughs> <laughs> because you needed you needed it i mean you're a melee guy you're giving they're giving you armor you're gonna be up front might as well get extra attack yeah you're gonna want this oh <laughs> uh, all right and then at ninth ninth level you do get your armor mod so basically the way this kind of breaks down is that the pieces of your armor now become their own like sentient pieces of armor so each piece of armor you have can now be infused by um the infusions of your magic so yeah. and then on top of that like to, for the for the actual mechanic it increases your infusions by two which is huge that means uh, if you go max level with this or even by ninth level I think you can have up to four active infusions at ninth level. Let me check here. You could have three active infusions. This nearly like doubles. Almost doubles. Right? Yeah, you go goes... from three to five active infusions you're allowed. At level nine. Yeah. At level nine. It doesn't change how many you know. It only changes yes, how many. How many are active. Active. But that's a yeah. big deal because the number active versus how many you know is there's a big of a gap. Yeah. Now you're basically utilizing every single one that you have. Uh, until, it, I mean, it grows 
by two and one, right? Yeah, of so course. like yeah. at 20th level, you're, you're going to have 12 infusions known and, and eight of them are eight. active. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The gap does grow, but at this level, I mean, you're, you're getting to use most of what you've got, which always feels good to use everything at your disposal. Delightful. <laughs> All right. And then at level 15, just to cap that off. So you get perfected armor, which gives you a different benefit, whether you're a guardian or, or infiltrator. So if you're a guardian, you get the ability to basically pull a creature into you. So any large creature or same size as you within 30 feet, you can use an action to pull them into you. So, which is pretty cool. So now I'm going to theme it like a yellow ninja. And when I have to do burning hands, I'm just going to lift up the mask and it'd be a skull face. And then. <laughs> of course, of course. Absolutely. That's a scorpion mortal Get combat. Get over reference. here, Dan. Yeah. Get over here. Oh Go. my God. All right. But then if you're an infiltrator, uh, basically any creature that takes lightning damage from your glimmers of light and your lightning damages, um, it'll end up making that creature glow with a dim light up to five feet. And then now attacks with um, anyone that attacks them has advantage and anything that it attacks, it has disadvantage. And it also gives an extra 1d6 of lightning damage when attacked. Uh, 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 not quite. It has no? disadvantage if it attacks you. specifically you. You. Got you. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. the next attack has advantage against it, which makes this kind of like guiding bolts. Yeah. Yeah. Guiding similar. bolts. Right. Very fire. The glow. Yeah. Like a the very glow fire end. light in a way. It, especially since your bolt has a 90 foot range, you could just. 300 hit, foot range. Well, it's got a 300 foot max range, but yeah. I mean, after 90 feet, you're rolling with this. You're rolling with this advantage. Sure. Right. So, but like you hit at 90 feet away that is at least a move or two or even three away yeah. um you've got some time to build up this so like you you hit them with the lightning and then you ding on them a couple more times with the lightning as they're getting close mm -hmm. and then whoever gets up there it's probably the barbarian let's admit it's the barbarian gets yeah. up there and just ruins this guy's day mm. like i i I love how they've really featured the guardian and the bar and the infiltrator. Infiltrator is kind of a misnomer. It's more like yeah, melee and ranged. Yeah, Absolutely. I'd agree with that. Okay, guys. So uh, let's let's grab our dice for the first time this episode and roll. Um, and I want to ask what stats, race, and background clearly synergize with an artificer armorer. Roll. I got an eighteen. Twelve. I got an eight. I'm sorry, guys. It's an artificer. I gotta go with it. Gnome. Oh my god. Rock I... <laughs> gnome. Like, uh, if you really want to go with it, dwarf. Um, but any high int class will work, but armorer doesn't really matter for yeah. that, right? Yeah. Like, if if you've got a strength bonus with armorer, you're doing fine, right? So, um, uh, I, you don't really need strength, though. Like, that's even a misnomer as well. If you're the well, guardian, I mean, maybe, with your weapon, but... Well, the other thing, playing... the thing we should mention is you don't get martial weapon proficiency at all with anything. So, within this, martial weapons do not exist for an, uh, for an armorer. Play a mm. hobgoblin. So, play a hobgoblin. <laughs> like, play <laughs> something that gives you <laughs> some sort of martial weapon proficiency. True. Would be the best thing to go for this. As for background... Guild Artisan, I always recommend yeah. it. It's one of my favorites, but Guild Artisan fits, Outworlder, uh, or sorry, Outlander uh, fits, um, Folk Hero. I mean, we keep on saying this is like this hero that we've heard of. Uh -huh. Folk Hero works. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely does. Absolutely. I was thinking um, as much as like the, the gnome is the obvious one. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Uh, but I was thinking if you want to lean into the Iron Man theme, I would build an ASMR with a folk hero background with one of these. So then you are an actual flying speeded, like lightning bolting. Like it just, in yeah. my mind, thematically fits quite nicely. You you look at Tony Stark and you go ASMR? Sure. Angel of death. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You sold Fall me that ASMR. last one. There you sure. go. Fall in ASMR. Sure. <laughs> Excellent. Well, we've already touched on Gnome. I just want to add the one thing I love about Gnome is I would have your armorer basically be a Gnome inside his armor who never takes it off and everybody thinks he's a Warforged. Okay. Okay. So So it's it's not a Warforged. And And you can do this with anybody, but it does feel good with an... You know what? No, sorry. I'm going to go Kobold. I want to have a Kobold that's living inside this armor. It never takes it off and everyone thinks it's a Warforged. That's amazing. (laughs) I want to point out, I want to point out Yes, you get heavy armor proficiency. And yes, this thing is leaning really heavily towards the heavy armor proficiency side of things. It doesn't have to be heavy armor. doesn't have to be, no. Right? Yeah. So you could be wearing a chain shirt that is just magically enchanted with all this stuff. Sure. Right? Because remember, you're still a spellcaster. You still have all these other things going for you from the main class. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I like the idea of kobold. I also like the idea of like you guys sitting down for a drink and the chest plate opening up. And, and your character just out. sitting in there like Voltron. <gasps> yeah. yeah, like Very the, much the so. puppeteering. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I also, <laughs> you know, I back, love my kobolds. <laughs> for background, I really love the idea of entertainer. Ah, uh, yeah. Like this person that uses their armor as like the showpiece. Because this is not going to be common, right? They're going to go from town to town. I'm loving up, every moment of this, by the way. You got to remember, like, the base class here is still artificer. So this is somebody who's making inventions, entertaining kids, you know, putting on shows, traveling. Yeah. Almost. You talked about taking dips, Dan. Take a bard. Uh, yeah. I right? have a question. Yeah. And nowhere in here does it say. But can your armorer take off parts of the armor? I would one hundred percent allow it. So like outside of combat, and and then they function as things. I would Where say are no. You going with this? No, no, they they don't. Because uh, I'm, just, I'm say... just thinking cousin it with a full plate mail armor, not cousin it. Uh, the thing thing. From Adam's family. Just have an empty gauntlet running across the table, grabbing you stuff for your uh, artificery. I do hear that. But like some of the abilities, it does say. But like, I feel like you're getting too much into the weird details of it. Because it does say Mm -hmm. in some of the abilities that once the armor is off, it no longer functions. Yeah. I guess that's true. Even if you're wearing part of the armor, I feel like if you were to remove your gauntlet. You can't use the gauntlet. It loses its ability. It loses its ability. It uses its ability. And until it reattaches it to yourself, it doesn't redo its thing. Well, then let's, let's ask this next question. Then what are the strengths of the class when it comes to role-playing then? Role-playing. We've already talked about so much. Like we've already talked about so much, but like the, the versatility of the artificer, I think is kind of the unsung hero of the class. Mm -hmm. It is, it is a very versatile class. And, and, um, I really like the path they went, making it basically kind of like Warlock, but with like its own interesting little twist on it yeah. with, with, with the, the half caster and the fun um, mechanics that are unique to the class. Um, I really like that. So like the strengths, especially when it comes to role playing, I'm, I'm really leaning into the fact that this guy just wants to improve his armor all the time. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, part of me wants to roll dwarf now that I'm thinking about it because a dwarf is an excellent pick, and they are so fastidious in their grooming and everything, like mm-hmm. just obsessively uh, oiling his armor uh, yeah. after every day before bed. Right. Like it. It just 
all of that stuff, it breathes so much interesting character into it um, because it gives you a focus. And we mentioned real briefly that one character who's got like the heirloom weapon is a trope. It happens. Oh, Having heirloom armor, that this makes that possible. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, again, plays into the obsession piece that I mentioned at the beginning. Like, that. have you seen my armor? Have you seen it? See how pretty it is? Yeah, Yeah, no, there's this subclass just, it's full of flavor and ways to really flesh out a character that has an obsession. We've talked about the obsession, but I think somebody who's, you're going to have somebody who's, I would put a fair bit of charisma into this character. Um, Because to Mm. me, it just screams out somebody who really wants to, be the center of attention yeah. or be yeah play the hero paladin without being the religious paladin exactly. like i feel like this is what that would be for sure i would 100 percent still i would multi-class this with paladin in a mm. oh you absolutely could yeah there's in no reason not heartbeat to. right i mean just oh there's so many possibilities Ideas. With that. Yeah. <laughs> okay uh let's hit up the commercial hello everyone it's megan i finally get to do a commercial spot all by myself. Just me, just you, hanging out, talking about commercial stuff. Now, Dan and Adam came to me a few days ago and politely asked me if I would record a little blurb about liking and subscribing and leaving reviews on iTunes. And I graciously and humbly agreed because of the kind-hearted and warm person that I am. So here I am asking you to like and subscribe. And let's be real, it took both of them a lot of courage to come and ask me this question because they knew they had to do so with kindness. So please, come along, leave your reviews, comment, tell your friends, buy some merch, however you want to help support the podcast we love the time we have to spend with you but don't forget to support some of the others associated with the podcast as well all their accounts are on instagram you can find our logo artist katie at clementine art portraits the music guy tyler good guy could use more love at melodics music uh you can even find peps uh, at pepperina underscore sparkle gem or even myself on instagram at omegart zero m-e-g-g-a-r-t and of course you can always go onto the it's a mimic and harass adam and dan there so remember to take a few minutes for every episode you listen to and boost up those metrics with likes, comments, follows, and subscriptions. And if you have a business, online store, or passion project that you'd like us to show the world, reach out to info at itsamimic.com to buy some ad space here on the podcast. Let's work together to build this community up. So we've talked about how Artificer has so much flavor. We're going to just amp that flavor up to a thousand right now by talking about infusions. Um, infusions are basically magical enhancements that any artificer, not just the armor, any artificer can put onto ma- non-magical items. So you take a mundane item, you make it magical by adding an infusion to it. As far as uh, kind of mechanically how it works, uh, at the end of any long rest, you can add a number of attunements based on your level. So we, Dan kind of talked about this earlier, but four, you start with four attunements that you can know. At sixth level, you go up to six. 8th level you go or 10th level you go up to 8 14th level you go up to 10 and 18th level you go up to 12 now the number of infusions that you can apply also adjusts over that time so it starts at 2 at 6th level you can add one more at 10th level you add one more so at the same level intervals you just add one more every time so even while you're learning usually about two more each time you're adding one more that you can actually apply to items now we saw with the armorer they break that rule a little bit but for general artificers that rule stays yeah if if infusions interest you um i would almost take armor just because of the boost to infusions yeah why would you not like i just i feel like it's it just seems so 
perfection. It's been a long well, time. I mean, you have cool. to get to ninth level to benefit that's true. from it. That's that's yeah. why you wouldn't. That's a big dip. That's a that's not a dip. That's a big commitment to the class. Yeah. Yeah. But feckin' worth it, man. Especially Absolutely especially with some what some of these infusions do. Yeah, we're gonna yeah, we'll talk. Um, as another thing, so you learn these uh, attunements, but every time you gain a level, you can swap any of any attunements you like, as many as you'd like. Okay. Hmm. attunement we've talked a little bit about how you attune right magical equipment needs to be attuned to some of these infusions also have attunements however the moment that you cast or attune an item with one of these infusions uh you can attune to it immediately should you not attune to it immediately then you take regular attunement rules which i believe is usually an hour yeah it's no, usually it's, over an hour yeah it's usually a long time to attune however if you put the infusion on the item you're immediately attuned to it um, with those attunements, you can only, you can know, so let's say, you know, four different attunements, you can only apply each of those attunements to one piece of equipment and each piece of equipment can only have one attunement to it. So if you can put two attunements on, they cannot be of the same attunement and they can't be on the same piece of equipment. Uh, the infusions themselves last indefinitely and they will be removed from an item under three conditions. One, the artificer dies. Obviously the attunements also die with them. Two, if the artificer swaps the infusion while leveling up that I talked about earlier, right? If you just forget that infusion, obviously it's going to go off the piece of armor. Or three, if you cast a new infusion, causing it to exceed the maximum number of infusions you're allowed to have, then the oldest one becomes inactive. Hmm. There, there is a caveat to this where if the artificer dies, that infusion will fade away, but in a number of days equal to your to that artificer's intelligence modifier. Intelligence modifier, correct. Huh. Yes. Which it's not immediate. As, which as a DM, I friggin' love that. Yeah. Yeah, we never really got to play with it, unfortunately, when our No, he didn't died. really deal with very much uh, infusions. Uh, he, no, he he had just gotten his infusions. He got then, whole lever. Yeah. He got whole lever. And the only reason why his uh, I gave you guys in response to whole lever, which was his enhanced crossbow, um, the only reason why I gave you guys weapons after that fact that were so powerful was because you guys immediately went to another artificer and went, harness this power for us. And that artificer went, yes, here's a thing, yeah. right? So, hmm. yeah. Um, so as you level up, you're going to get access to more attunements and more varied attunements. So where you start at third level is when you get your first attunements or second level, rather, yeah. you get your first attunements. Um, they're going to be some pretty simple ones. We'll cover them. Uh, but as you level up, you're going to get better attunements, more interesting attunements, and obviously more. Um they're also designated as to what they can be applied to. Some attunements can only be applied to weapons, some a set of armor or maybe a specific piece of armor, and maybe it's a specific item that it can be applied to. But the attunement itself will tell you what it can be applied to, so you have to pay attention to that. Yeah. Um, so let's just dive into the, the three basic ones, the easiest ones, um, and then we'll do more of a deep dive. So the first one we're going to look at is Enhanced Weapon. Enhanced Weapon, again, starting at second level, can be applied to any simple or or martial weapon to me the biggest bonus you get from this is you're going to make any mundane weapon magical so yeah it's going to help with to, some uh, anything that's immune reduction. to non-magical damage will now no longer have that immunity also you get plus one to attack and damage with that at 10th level this infusion so when your artificer hits level 10 that uh, attack and damage bonus goes to plus two now dnd 5e is traditionally a low magic item style campaign they've really balanced this with uh only being allowed to have three attunements at a time mm -hmm. um 
So in previous editions, everyone always went a plus five Forpal Sword is the thing to get. You could really only get up to a plus three weapon nowadays. And uh, to the fact that you could kind of create your own plus two weapon is bonkers. Yeah. Right. Uh, uh, There's a term called bounded accuracy that a lot of the mechanics of the game are based off of. Um, being able to adjust that is is very very powerful in at the yes. end of the class. So a plus two weapon or armor, we'll get to the armor in a sec, is equivalent to a rare magic item. Yeah. So uh, these things are like one in a generation, one of these things kind of pops up. Yeah. Um, also note that this does not require attunement, which many items will. Uh, uh, especially magic weapons. Yeah. 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 So no attunement here. So a couple big things that come with this. Also, you don't have to apply this to your own weapon. No, you don't. I mean, you will, but you don't have to. And if you're an armorer, you're giving it to you and your barbarian buddy. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Second infusion I want to look at is enhanced defense. Uh, So enhanced defense can be applied to any armor or shield. It says specifically set of armor, just to clarify. Now that will change, obviously, if you're the armorer class, right? Where you can then apply it later down the road and you would apply that to a chess piece in my opinion yeah i think that would be fair not your greaves <laughs> not your pants no i'm, I'm gonna protect you with my ankles your <laughs> just pauldrons just pauldrons and you're one of those cool characters that only has the one one lapel oh, yeah yeah, yeah. And, and your midriff is completely exposed yeah they got the ads oh 100 all right um Enhanced defense gives you plus one to your AC or at 10th level plus two. Yep. That's it. But I mean, that's nothing minor. It's a big deal, but that's all it adds. Yeah. The third one I want to look at and last one we're going to look at right now is enhanced arcane focus. Um, Enhanced arcane focus can be placed on a rod, a staff, or a wand. So it's specific. Sorry? I hate that. I know you do. Anything that counts as an arcane focus should be able to get this fast on it. Yeah. Which for an armorer means your armor. Yeah. As a DM, <laughs> as a DM, I would probably allow that, but um at rules is written, rod staff or wand. This one does require attunement. It's the only three of the basic ones that does uh, that we're talking about here. And it gives you plus one to your spell attack bonus, not to the damage notice just the attack bonus and again at 10th level that goes to plus two but you also get to ignore half cover there's no bonus for three-quarter cover or total cover but you get to completely ignore half cover okay um Mm. i i like that not enough tables play with cover no no absolutely not um and it's hard to do it's hard to think of because it 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 is an echo of previous editions for sure and it's just always an argument at the table every time like, so I feel like a lot of DMs hand wave it just because they don't want to fight with people. Yeah. The amount yeah. of times I've sat down and had to argue about like, oh, you know, I technically have half cover. Do you have cover when standing behind your ally or behind that monster? Uh-huh. I just. <sighs> yeah. Attacking through allies has kind of been done away with like all that stuff has. Yeah, you don't need point blank shot anymore. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, why are we bothering to play with these covers? Well, like, okay. You can see I, them or you can't. I like them and I feel like oh, more I tables too, need to play but... with them. They just need to be clearly defined at the tables. But let's let's talk about this real quick because considering, like I mentioned earlier, fifth edition was supposedly designed to be played without in general magic items. A lot of the classes are balanced without magic items in con- uh, consideration. These very basic 
level infusions are, do you think they're going to imbalance anything with the most D&D tables? Because remember, you're getting this, you're getting a plus one at level three. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a tricky one because a lot of play- tables I play at, the DM, Dan, is generally fairly generous <laughs> with magical items. <laughs> but then that you also balance the encounters with the expectation that these items are going to be used. And when players like me forget that they have these items and don't use them, 100%. things go bad. Things, things go, go bad. bad. Yeah. So, yeah, it gets a little tricky. Imbalance, I don't know if it's the right word, but I think you just need to take a little extra care as a DM to at least be aware of what's out there. Megan, what do you think? I Same thing. I feel like uh, I've played in games where DMs don't even give you magical items ever. And so I, I like I've gone up to like level up to level 10 of never getting a magical item. So I, I feel like if you're not Fuck getting that. magic, it's so weird, <laughs> yeah. right? To think about that. It, it and so, does not feel good. It's a feel As bad a kind of moment. So, but I guess it depends again on your DM. So um, if you have an artificer in your team who has all these amazing weapons, yes, they're always amazing, but uh, you have to use them. You mm-hmm. have to waste things to use them. Same as any other class. It's a balance in my mind where you're wasting what it's a balance. You're wasting one thing to get another thing. I don't think you're breaking the game by giving them these special abilities, especially because a lot of these require a certain level, which requires a lot of dedication, which requires a lot of time spent on this character. So again, like I love Adam's line of, I will never punish you for wanting to do what your character should be able to do. So, because you build them that way. So I, I, I stand by that with this one. Yeah. Cool. So we've seen some basic infusions. Let's break down some of the other infusions now. And to do this, because there's a lot of them, let's roll initiative. All right, let's, let's do it. it. I got 12 for me. Four. 19. All right. All right, Megan, Megan lead the way. So I get to start with uh, Mind Sharpener. It's like a yeah, pencil is, sharpener for your mind. This is in no particular order. No. <laughs> no, we're, we're going to be all over the place. It's like we're just throwing thing. down names. If, just... you've got, if you've got Tashes around, I'm sorry. <laughs> This is no, this is an alphabetical order. It's not order of greatness. This is just, we're just randomly yeah, it's awesome just shit out there. Yep. Yeah. This is my favorite way to do things, by the way. Absolutely. You never know what you're going to get. <laughs> that's, the, that's the motto, right? Um. So for Mind Sharpener, uh, the only thing that is unique, the item that you require is a suit of armor or ropes. Basically, this provides the wearer with the ability to snap back into reality when concentrating. Oh, there goes so, gravity. Oops, there goes gravity. So basically, if you fail your con saving throw when trying to maintain your concentration, you can actually use one of four, what I'm going to call zaps, to it's basically put yourself back into place and you can choose to succeed your con save. So so Super you're cool. sitting there with your armor and robes. Say you're an armorer. You trigger this ability and out pops the can of monster that you just quickly chug. and Yeah. Yeah, okay. Into back the veins. Straight focus. into the veins. Um, I, I was going with Adderall, actually, was my thought. <laughs> with Adderall. <laughs> Good God. <laughs> just some kind of a pill. Um, and then basically at the end, so I think this is going to be the common theme, but you do gain back 1d4 at the dawn of day for uh, how many zaps you get back. Awesome. Yeah. Brad. Or if you lose too many, you can just re-infuse the item. I guess that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it has to be at the long rest of the beginning of the day, but yeah. 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 But I mean, you only gain it at, I guess, yeah, you get it at dawn. So if you're not long resting, then you get it back anyways. But yeah. True. All right. Uh, yeah. So I'm covering Helm of Awareness. Prerequisite for this is you have to be 10th level as an artificer to cast this one. So this is a little further down the road. And the item it needs to be cast on is a helmet. And when it done so, it does require attunement. Uh, while wearing this helmet, you get advantage with any initiative roll. And you also can't be surprised 
as long as you're conscious and aware of your surroundings. Yeah. So that's kind of a big deal. Uh, you can give this to your rogue if you want. Give it to yourself. Give it to that paladin who keeps rolling twos on his initiative. Just or so the cleric. Have a turn to <laughs> Always something. the cleric. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> or the dragonborn paladin in our case. So if, if you're sitting there thinking that, hey, these are two mind abilities. So we're talking about mind infusions. No, I've got the armor of magical strength. Nice. Uh, because of reasons. This is a, uh, any level artifice could do this. You could do this at level three. So if you're an armorer, mm-hmm. duh. Um, this gives your suit of armor that you then attune to um, six charges, much like the um, mind sharpener gave you. Now, each of those charges lets you add a bonus to a strength roll or saving throw equal to your intelligence modifier per charge. Mm. Um, It could also let you, as a reaction, avoid being knocked prone. So you could spend one of these charges to just pop back up to a standing position. And I choose to believe that this is little magical pistons on your shoulders that when you fall, they just go and you're back up. Fire you back up. Yeah. That's really cute. Excellent. I like that a lot. Honestly, that would come in so much handy. Cause like, don't get me wrong. I understand that with mind sharpener, concentration is important for people, but like there are many times where the DM and the player sometimes forget concentration is the thing. Yeah. So it's one of those things where unless you're playing at a table where it is adamantly used, it would be useful. But I feel like yours being knocked prone happens. Happens all the time. All, all the, the time. fucking time. All the time. All the fucking time. I love knocking my players prone. Son of, son of a bitch. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> i also love grapple megan no yeah. grapple's dumb <laughs> just get rid of grapple <laughs> all right let's vote. move on to the next three what do we got megan uh i get uh, <laughs> uh, i have arcane propulsion armor i just peek behind the curtain i didn't actually really look into what everybody else had here yeah. and i looked at this going arcane propulsion arm is what the arm. note is in arm. Our breakdown that would be much cooler. But arcane propulsion armor. I'm I'm now slightly less armor. Yeah, I mean it's so cool. I just want to see a metal gauntlet flying across the field to like challenge someone. Yeah. <laughs> so the important thing to note with this one is that the prerequisite is that you are a 14th level artificer. So 14th level. Oh. Um, the item that is required is a suit of armor that is attuned. So not just a suit of armor. So when you were wearing this armor, this is one that I was talking about, like kind of a little bit earlier with you guys is that it feels a lot like armorer. Um, so basically it increases your, uh, walking speed by five. You have gauntlets that can be used as magical weapons, but only you, uh, only when you aren't holding anything. So basically you can each will deal 1d8 force damage and also has the throne capability where you can throw your gauntlet up to 20 to 60 feet, basically, and then they will return. Yeah. Wow. And then the armor um, cannot be removed without your consent. And then also the fun part, if you are missing a limb, it will replace the limb. So again, if you are not an armorer, take this, this. just take this. <laughs> no, no. If you are an armorer, take this. And here's the reason why. Nothing says this can't be cast on something else. Yeah, true. it's true. Like you someone give else it somebody else. Let's let's have the armorer pull four suits of plate mail out of his bag of holding and go, okay, guys, we're storming the castle today. Everybody get in. One, this two, can three, only be four. cast on you can only cast this once, right? Each each or, or each infusion can only be on used once. Once you can't put yeah. it on four different night. You can't put well, the same fine. You can't use Ruin the same my infusion ju- more than once. Me and my barbarian twinsy. Are but now they're wearing. But now they'll be wearing armor. 
We're yeah. storming a castle. He doesn't need to move fast. He's fine. But are you always storming a castle? Like every time? <laughs> every single session. Of D- that's all I do in D&D is I storm castles. Yeah. <laughs> or blow my players up with uh, fireballs. Uh, fireballs. Not their okay, characters, yeah. specifically the players. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, this this is basically... Our, armor, our non-armor. Armor. But again, yeah. this is way down the road, right? 14. Your armor it's an gets investment. This at level, your armor gets this at level three. Yeah. So if you're not an armor, this is like an investment. You are at 14th level for this guy. Yeah. This, however, does have rocket gauntlets. It does have rocket gauntlets. It does have rocket gauntlets. <laughs> it does have rocket gauntlets. So I also, by the way, do force damage. Yeah. So I, I am more keen on like, I'm going to make my arcane armor as an artificer, as an armorer. And I'm going to give that to the fighter. You get my base class feature item, and it's it's yours. You can have it. I'm going to wear this one. Punch, 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 punch. Mm-hmm. All right, Brad, what you got? Uh, so I have returning weapon. So you talked about your fist coming back. You can now put this on any weapon with the throne uh, property. Uh, any no weapon level. has the throne property if you uh, think hard enough. If you truly believe. If you truly believe. <laughs> <laughs> uh no level restriction on this one so basically from the start you can as soon as you get your infusions you can put this on something any simple martial we- simple or martial weapon as long as i said it has the throne characteristic on it and it gives you again plus one attack and damage and returns to your hand after being thrown it will also make this item magical so there you go yeah hmm. megan's um, monk needs this i was gonna yeah. say <laughs> Um, obviously the thing that comes to mind with this for me is Thor's hammer, right? This is Mjolnir. Um, but really it, for any martial character, this gives you a new play style, right? Throwing yeah. weapons are usually you throw them too bad. It's gone. Well, now your javelin is all of a sudden returning your hand. Your trident, your pike is returning your hand, your dagger, whatever you want it to Sorry, be. Sorry. Was there a level requirement for this one? No, no, no level requirement. As soon as you get infusion. So at second level, you can be throwing weapons. My only complaint is it specifically says simpler martial weapons. So you can't do Captain America style with a shield on this. Okay. But that's fair. But like, Oh, actually, but- wait, wait, no, no. Um, I, I, there might be a way I'm not going to speak up my ass, but there might be a way. Um, because if you have a spike on the shield, it counts as a martial weapon. Oh, mm. I think pause. Let's look at the rules real quick. No, no, we're not no. going to go okay. to the Reddit. If I'm wrong, <laughs> sounds good. <laughs> Correct. Dan and Reddit. We, thank you. <laughs> we paused enough in this episode. We're soldiering on. Yeah. Sounds good. But yeah, so that was the one thing that stood out to me is it can't do that. But as long as you, uh, just put a spike on it. So basically, there's no reason to use. We talked earlier about the um, the basic infusion for enhanced weapon. Don't use enhanced weapon. Use this as long as the weapon has the throne property. This doesn't grow. Yes. Sorry. This doesn't grow. This stays That's at true. level. This stays That's at true. Plus it's, one. it's a flat level one. Yeah. The other up one until hits level plus two. Up until level ten, use this. Don't use enhanced weapon because let's be real. Yeah, you're not this wrong. Well, let, let's go with another ranged weapon esque thing. We had flying fists. Now we had flying everything else. Well, let's let's figure out how to make a weapon better. And this is a repeating shot infusion. This can be put onto any simple or martial weapon that requires ammo. That does require attunement, but there is no level uh, requirement here. This grants the item a plus one to attack and damage, but also makes the item ignore the loading property, which uh makes it so you can only shoot one piece of ammo per action Mm -hmm. so if you use a crossbow even if you get two attacks around you're still only allowed to shoot once with that crossbow if you are not a crossbow master or have this yeah touche okay now should you be playing a game that tracks ammo well you're not anymore because 
this weapon creates its own ammo if you don't have ammo for it and that ammo disappears on a hit or miss friends this is beautiful for an assassin mm-hmm. yeah yeah absolutely i would like to make an assassin with this right now uh, <laughs> right just give um, your uh, assassin rogue this and they will love you forever and they yeah. will cover your back no you matter are, what you are untrackable this guy died mm-hmm. from repeated holes in the chest we don't know if he was stabbed or shot so sorry, can you infuse someone else's weapons? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. You can you just infuse make anything. best friends with an assassin, which is Absolutely. why the armorer's ability to have eight total infusions is is a big deal. Nuts. What are, like what are, like it's just basically like party favors. Yeah, yeah. Rogue, here you go. Like enjoy. Add on, add on top of it the fact that uh, with the base level artificer with your magic item, I believe it's savant might be adept. You get the uh magic item crafting thing as well mm-hmm. yeah so your character can just craft magic items and then put infusions on top of them that's crazy yeah uh you want the ultimate party character it's not clerics it's not druids no. anymore it's this guy. it's not bards it's yeah it's not it's bards. it's this guy yeah i'm slowly becoming convinced slowly becoming convinced yeah, yeah, yeah. It, they're a big deal well, if you want to talk to us more about uh, whether or not Artificer is the best class, which it obviously is, you can reach out to us on Instagram, Facebook, and at r slash it's a mimic on Reddit. If you have any other info you want to get to us, you can always email us at info at it's a mimic.com. And please, please, please send us your mailbag questions. We're always taking them and we're always happy to hear from you guys and look forward to answering those questions. Okay, guys, let's grab our dice once more. We got some more infusions to go through here. Um, just a handful more before we uh, wrap up. So let's roll dice. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. I got four again. Five. Nin- 19. Oh. All right. So, uh, Bradley, you first this time. Yeah. Wait, so this, I'm cover- this is the same order. Mm-hmm. No, Megan went first on the last one. Brad's first this time. Oh, that's right. Okay. So, Brad. Yeah. All right. So uh, I'm looking at the repulsion shield. This is an infusion that you can learn at sixth level. It can be applied to a shield and it gives you plus one AC. It also comes with four charges, like Megan mentioned with one of hers earlier. Um, And you can use your reaction after being hit, not targeted by an attack, but actually hit by a melee attack. At that point, you push your attacker back 15 feet, not causing an attack of opportunity for you because you used your reaction and not an attack of opportunity for your allies because guess what? Attack of opportunity is Dan. As we've discussed, we've often gone back and forth on it. It only applies if you use your own movement. If If you are moved unwillingly, there are no attacks of opportunity drawn. I've gotten this wrong at a couple tables, so I mentioned that because I know it happens. Mm. Um, And then again, at dawn, you regain 1d4 charges. This would be great for maybe your casting cleric or your frontline defender. Yeah. Right? Um, Those are kind of the people that I see really using this. Again, if you're an armor or artificer, this is great. Yeah. Love it. Megan, what you got? I've got a radiant weapon. You don't Uh, say. I do say. (laughs) Uh, Prerequisite is a sixth level artificer. So again, another one of those like investment ones. Uh, The item is required is a simple or martial weapon that is attuned. And it does three things. It grants plus one bonus to attack and damage rolls when made that that's made with it. Um, As well as a bonus action it also sheds light up to up to a 30 foot radius that can be extinguished with a bonus action so just think radiant paladin for fuck's sakes uh it's not lost on me the fact that you got the radiant paladin sword (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's not lost on me either (laughs) like thanks thanks adam who put together this breakdown thank you (laughs) but it also allows a reaction to um uh that when being hit 
to inflict blindness until the end of the attacker's next turn, unless the attacker succeeds on a constitution saving throw. So basically, if they hit you and don't save, they're blinded for a turn, which is, I think, a pretty cool flavor that hasn't really been added to a well, paladin that is radiant. My question to you is, does the infusion go away when your dead soul leaves the sword? How very fucking dare. <laughs> <laughs> We're not talking for 24 hours. <laughs> uh, inside jokes about our campaign that ended a year ago. How dare you? <laughs> Hashtag daddy issues. Anyway, Go on. What do you have? <laughs> I have the boots of the winding path, which are a uh, six level infusion. It requires you being six level. And go on. You guessed it. A pair of boots that you do need to attune to. Um, they're very simple. What they let you do is teleport 15 feet away as a bonus action to an unoccupied space that you could see that you have also occupied at some point during this turn. So you okay. go forward and you zip back. Right? So you go forward and then teleport back. And because yeah. it's a teleport, no attack of opportunity. No attack of opportunity. So it's That's... just like you're running forward, you run your little path, stab a guy a bunch, and then you pop back 15 feet. Yeah, very cool. That's really cool to like pair that with the guardian thing because you can utilize your close combat guardian capabilities and then pop back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. This this is your guerrilla warfare hit and run artist yeah. right here, right? Mix yeah. this with a with a little bit of rogue and you're mm. laughing. And you can do this every turn. Like there's no charges on this. You no. can just every it, round, every, every round, round you, get you, you get a bonus action 15 foot. Yeah. Bam. You get a little misty step, not quite misty step. But- okay, that's disgusting. The fact that it doesn't have a charge. It doesn't charge. The the requirement is you have to have occupied that square at some point during this turn. Okay. So like you you would have to start the turn far away to take full advantage kind of thing. Exactly. Or, all right. I mean, you could always just, you could step back around a dude and then bam, and then run around. Right. Like, but why would you do that? Yeah. Yeah. So much running. Yeah. There's, it brings in a level of tactics that I don't really want to see at my mm-hmm. tables anymore yeah, yeah it's cool but yeah it, it, you do have to plan with it a little bit yeah okay uh let's go with the next one Brad, next one got? i've got resistant armor next so resistant armor is another sixth level infusion uh you get quite a few at sixth level uh it needs to be cast obviously on a set of armor and it does require attunement what resistant armor does is it provides resistance to one type of damage chosen when the infusion is created so it doesn't get to change you just set it up once Mm. Um, so you can choose from acid, cold, fire, force, lightning, necrotic, poison, psychic, radiant, or thunder. None of the hey, you want to be resistant to psychic damage or force damage. Here it is. Yeah. Um, now this one's really interesting. It's good if you're going against a red dragon and you know, hey, I might want some fire resistance, or you're going into a mind player colony, I might want some psychic resistance, right? If you know what you're gonna be facing, it's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. And again, it can be swapped out at the start of every day, right? You can just reapply the infusion. Yeah. Um, so if you're dungeon crawling after the first yeah. day, you kind of know what you're facing and then you exactly. kind of adjust from there. Yeah, exactly. Megan. Um, but yeah, it's going to be best. Sorry, I just want to add, it's going to be best applied to the person who you know is going to be taking the most damage to get the most effective. Oh, out of yes. It. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So you may not want to be putting this one on yourself, especially. Or if even your barbarian, because they're probably already resistant. They're already it. taking half damage. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, this it also be goes for your armor, which your armors, which your barbarian's not always wearing. Yeah, mm-hmm. I guess that's true. Hmm. Interesting. Megan? I have the homunculus servant. <laughs> I don't think that's how that's pronounced. <laughs> I believe it's servant. Uh, that's how I'm pronouncing it. No, it's it. servant, guys. It's, it is servant. It's 100% servant. <laughs> yeah, there's an R. <laughs> but I'm saying servant. <laughs> 
Uh, the required item is a gem or a crystal that's worth at least 100 gold pieces. Um, and basically you are using magic and you create the heart. You basically imbue an item with magic that creates the heart of a creature. So a homunculus, shall we say, that only serves you. So, and you can choose the shape, you can choose the animal. Traditionally, it does say that birds and magical looking birds are used, but you can choose whatever creature you decide you want to use, which is very cute. Yeah, and this is this is like the, the mechanical clockwork owl from Jason and the Argonauts and- Yeah. Right? Yeah, I just like, I feel it, like you could choose anything you want other than just birds. <laughs> it's an artificer flavored familiar. Familiar. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. My my favorite, by the way, because there are four options in the art in, in Tasha's, is the happy yeah. little floating pot. That yeah. is my favorite one. That's that's your favorite one. I really like the one that looks like it's a coffee machine. I guess that's true too. Yeah, <laughs> very useful, very useful item. Um, but there is a stat block in Tasha's if you want to actually look and see what the stat block looks like. It's pretty basic. It's kind of like a very mundane item, like with an armor class of thirteen. Hit points are based on your own intelligence and your artificial levels, which is what goes to it. Uh, it is a 20 foot like walking speed. If you do end up picking a flying character, it is a 30 foot flight speed. But I feel like to my in my mind, you can choose any item and it can fly. So if you choose a small pot to imbue and become alive, it can fly. That's just how I feel in my brain. So it's in the book as written. It can yeah, fly. We will, we will actually be covering the servant at length at the end of this episode for like its actual like full mechanical perfect so so all of our little notes will go there at the end of the episode but these things are amazing yeah Yeah. we'll talk more about them yeah absolutely um for me i have the spell refueling ring cooler than it sounds it 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 is it is it is cooler than it sounds and it sounds pretty cool this is a six level ring and needs to go on a ring of course and it does require attunement and what this ring does is it lets you regen a level three or lower spell slot once per day. Uh, yeah, cool. An extra three I'm, level spell every day. I'm I'm becoming my warlock's best friend. Yeah. Right. Like I'm just like here. Have have fifty percent more spells. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Right. Like it's it's amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Just Love amazing. It. Right. And it's it's simple. Just one third level spell per day or yep. lower. Right. So. Dunzo. Let's yeah, let's simple. let's move on. And um the the next one is there's not three of us doing an item here. It's just me. I'm doing the last one um uh, because this is quite uh involved mm-hmm. with it. And this is replicate magic item. Okay. So replicate magic item lets you shocker replicate a currently existing magic item. Now you can select this infusion multiple times, which I think is one of the coolest part of this, each time following the requirements of the specific item you are duplicating, okay? Mm. Uh, Now these are limited by level, which I'm thankful for. um, And they give you access to eight items at level two, another separate eight at level six, 21 additional items at level 10 and 12 additional items at level 14. Okay. There's a lot of items here. Now I do want to say you could take this multiple times, right? Um, Each time getting more items. There's (laughs) nothing saying at level six, you are bound to the level six chart, right? You can, if you want to pick up two items from the level four chart, you can. It just unlocks those items as potential items you're duplicating, okay? Yeah, so this this one is, right? This is the exception to the rule, right? Every other enhancement can only be used once. This yes, one obviously- this is the exception to the rule. This is the exception. Yeah. 
Okay, so let's go through the list. At second level, you get the ability to make a alchemy jug, a bag of holding. So immediately you're level two with a bag of holding. If you have one, if you have one already, right? It's duplicate, right? So no, it's 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 replicate. So um, so it you don't actually need to have had the item next to you. You just get to create this magic item with the infusion. Oh, interesting. I misunderstood that when I read it. There you go. That's good to know. Yeah. Yeah. You just get to make the item. Oh, there you go. Okay. Cool. So you also could make a cap of water breathing, goggles of night, rope of climbing, rope of climbing, sending stones, a wand of magic detection, or a wand of secrets. Now, personally, my highlight here is the sending stones. They are never not useful for inter-party communication, and I recommend them every single time. However, every single table I've ever played with has played with them wrong because they allow you to cast sending once a day between one other stone. They're not a constant walkie-talkie communication device. Yeah. Okay? Hmm. Okay. They're still good, though. They're still good because you get these at second level, right? Um, alternatively, if you don't want those, I would check out the wand of secrets. It is a wand. So you get three charges a day that you get to use as kind of a dowsing rod for any secret doors or traps that are within 30 feet of the wielder and no items in the second level spells list require attunement. So you can make this item and hand it over to the rogue who's looking for magic, uh, for secret doors and stuff. Huh? Yeah. Now those charges, uh, uh, recharge fully at every dawn 1d3 so it it's it's not 1d3 they recharge all three at because the wandry gains 1d3 expended charges daily at dawn is what i'm reading oh the fucking whatever <laughs> well fine says dan <laughs> at sixth level you get boots of elvenkind cloak of elvenkind yikes uh mm-hmm. cloak of the manta ray eyes of charming ladies uh, gloves of thievery. Shut up. Gross. <laughs> I can say for ladies everywhere, and I speak for us all. Gross. <laughs> I deserve that. I deserve that. Uh, gloves of thievery, lantern of revealing. Gentlemen. <laughs> Terry. Uh, Terry. Um, pipes of haunting. It's a different kind of haunting pipe there, Brad. Oh, and baby. ring of water walking. So, um, obviously, the highlight here for me is the Lantern of Revealing. And it's legit what I wrote down. But this is because it, A, doesn't require attunement, and B, functions as a lantern that also reveals any invisible objects or creatures within 30 feet of it. Yep. Okay? This solves invisibility. Yep, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> right? Also, I'd like to point out that any creature who could see invisibility will see the orb of scrying when you're being scried upon. So oh, you have this yes. lantern, you can now see that big an orb that someone is actively scribing on your party. Interesting. Okay. And because it's an infusion, it exists forever. So your character's just carrying a lit lit lantern on him at all times. Put it on your backpack. Intensely useful. Intensely useful. However, if you happen to have many charges of fairy fire handy and you want another option, I would recommend a set of Eyes of Charming, which let you cast a DC 13 charm person as an action up to three charges a day. Now this will really help, especially with those artificers who have used charisma as a dump stat. Sure. At 10th level, take a deep breath and go down. Um, This, wow, sorry. (laughs) Are we not doing phrasing anymore? Phrasing! Take a deep breath to go down this list. 
Uh-huh. Very important That's two words. Very, very important. I've never been so moved in a podcast. Stick, right. stick, <laughs> stick around for the post credits because you'll definitely hear this one. Oh, yikes. Oh, I'm going to bank that one for a later day. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, go on. I'm never, I'm never going to, I'm embarrassed red right now. That's, I am embarrassed for you. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. I'm delighted. Anyways, you get, you would be. <laughs> Anyways, you get boots of striding and springing, boots of uh, the winterlands, bracers of archery, brooch of shielding. You just did a cut to add that to the end. No one knows what we're talking about now. Correct. Um, Can we just make that the title of the episode? <laughs> take a deep breath and get Go down. down. <laughs> oh my God. Go down. <laughs> Uh, oh, okay, come on. <laughs> so get, get it a, together. <laughs> get, it, get it together. You get a brooch of shielding, a cloak of protection, eyes of the eagle, gauntlets of ogre power, gloves of missile snaring, gloves of swimming and climbing, a hat of disguise. Weird that you get that late. Headband of intellect, helm of telepathy, medallion of thoughts, necklace of adaptation, periapt of wound closure, pipes of the sewers, quiver of Elhana, uh, or sorry, Elana, ring of jumping, ring of mind shielding. Slippers of spider climbing and winged boots. There's a bunch of 21 magic items that you could duplicate here, guys. Yeah. Now, my highlight personally is the winged boots. I already have people screaming at me about the helm of intellect. I'll talk, I'll talk about it in a second. My highlight is the winged boots because it gives you flying up to four hours a day at your walking speed. Mm-hmm. Okay. Again, we mentioned earlier, 10 rounds of combat is one minute. One minute. Mm-hmm. And you get up to four hours worth of movement as long as you are spending at least one minute at a time, okay, with this ability. Um, as an artillerist or an alchemist with this, you yeah. become a massive danger because now you're floating up where most things won't be able to get you. Yeah. <coughs> and as a bonus effect, this will piss off your DM. For yep. sure. So I'm, Adam I'm, would be mad. Adam would be mad. <laughs> um, I mean, this is this is 10th level. They're going to have ways of dealing with flying. True. Right alternatively you could get your set of uh gauntlets of ogre strength or your helm of intellect Mm -hmm. now the gauntlets of ogre strength if you are playing an armorer is awesome however the helm of i mean you get 19 strength the helm of intellect if you are playing with like a stat array or low things this gives you an 819 in your int yeah Mm -hmm. okay that is your main casting stat as an artificer. That is your main stat as an artificer straight up. Yeah. So if you don't have a 19 at level 10, this gives you a 19 at level 10, right? For the cost of next to nothing. Also, it's... your wizard will love you, will just love you if they are in the same If they level. somehow don't already have a 20. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you have an ability that boosts literally your entire class here at level 10. Yeah. It's going to be hard pressed not to take that. Let's move on to 14th level. At 14th level, you get the Amulet of Health, Belt of Hilt Giant Strength, which boosts you to a 21, I believe. Yeah, 21. Boots of Levitation, Boots of Speed, Bracers of Defense, Cloak of the Bat, I'm Batman, Dimensional Shackles, <laughs> Gem of Seeing, Horn of Blasting, Ring of Free Action, doesn't do what you think it does, no. Ring of Protection, and Ring of the Ram for if you're a Super Bowl champion. I don't know who's won the Super Bowl. We recorded this before the Super Bowl happened, but the Rams are on this year. So I che- I cheerleaded for a football team called the Rams. <laughs> really? Yep. Learn something new every day. So my <laughs> highlight on this is the cloak of the bat. 
and not for the reason you think. One, it gives you advantage on stealth rolls straight up. You just get advantage on stealth. Yeah. Two, if you are in dim light or darkness, you can fly as long as you grip the edges of the cape. I mean, cloak. It's a okay. cape. Yeah. <laughs> At this point, it's a cape. No gates. <laughs> um, also, you can polymorph as a literal bat once a day as long as you're in dim light and darkness and you retain your mental stats when you do it. So really, really useful. Finally, uh, the cloak of the bat gives you the ability to soar through the streets of Gotham as its stalwart protector from crazy clowns, cold scientists, and people with fairy tale fetishes. Also, you can annoy your friends and family by yelling on Batman at them. That sounds like a perk to me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Love it. Alternatively, should I would you go with the Adam West Batman voice and instead want to be the Flash, um, you can take the Boots of Speed, which lets you clack, uh, click your ruby slippered heels together and run twice as fast. I was going to say there's a weird theme going on here until you said ruby slippers. And then I was like, now we're in a whole different world. We're in a whole different world. Now, a whole um, new world. Any opportunity attacks against you for this movement, you still get it. You still get opportunity attacks should you be moving through things um, are at disadvantage against you. So you're harder to hit because you're a blur moving through the field. Um, And this effect lasts for 10 minutes worth of time that like the winged boots doesn't need to be concurrent. Mm. So if you are a monk and you were given these like whole, holy shit, just, Mm -hmm. just holy, holy shit. Okay. Don't sleep on the amulet of health either. Pardon? Don't sleep on the amulet of health. No, the amulet of health is major. 19 constitution. Yeah. Yeah. If you are low on hit points, there you go. Right. So guys, I want to roll initiative and ask one last question here before we wrap up the episode. Infusions for the artificer. Do you like them? Why or why not? I got a 17. 16. Two. Okay, I'll go first. Answer my own question. Yes, I love them. I wish all of the classes had an additional like list of cool little things you could do. It's kind of Pathfinder-ish, so I could see why they didn't. But I love this kind of mechanic that they've given with invocations and infusions now. Um, It adds a lot of personality, a lot of customizability to a class that I think they slept on when they were initially making D&D 5e. So outside of the Warlock. So uh, I really love them. They're not too powerful. They do give an edge, but it's not enough for a DM to easily uh, compensate for yes every time. Yes. Yeah. Um, I can agree for all those reasons that I enjoy having infusions for these characters for that reason. The only thing that I would say I would like to keep an eye on, especially if I was DMing this or even just building a character, is I am a strong believer in that your abilities are a reflection of your character as a person. So sometimes I fear when we give people too many options within one area, they can spread that out to the point where their character has no actual like emotional direction as to why or why they're doing what they are doing. So I've always had a very strong belief that if you're able to do an ability, you have to have a reason in your backstory as to why you can do that. Um, So sometimes when it comes to these, when there's too many options, it can just get, get, it just gets muddled and confusing sometimes what kind of character you're trying to play. So that's the only warning I would give to be careful when you're picking infusions and trying to decide what goes with your character. I'm a person who would lean into the personality side and what fits with the character's person. Um, there are people there that aren't that way and would want to min max this, which means you're going to have a muddled piece of, in my mind, hot garbage. 
So that's just my fair warning. Otherwise I do enjoy them and I love them as they are. And I don't think they're overpowered in any way, shape or form. And I enjoy them a lot, but that's my, that's my feeling. Yeah, no, I'm on board with the, what you were saying there, Megan, 100% pick these based on the flavor of the character that you're building, not necessarily the power level. Um, but that's actually what I love about these is there are so many different ways to flavor a character. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you're really, if you are the sort of person who has analysis paralysis and has a hard time picking what their action is going to be when you're playing the barbarian and you can't think about whack, artificer is not the class for you. Oh my God. What an inventory nightmare. Can I just say? Yeah. (laughs) No, artificer, especially when you take infusions into account, I love them, but this is made for the person who is going to sit down with their character and really think about what they want to do. Yeah, this um, is your obsessive and, character but, builder. This is your but person. in a good way, right? This yeah. gives you a lot of options. It really lets you do that, that a lot of classes, once you kind of get past the first couple levels, you're kind of, you're set down a path and you kind of know where you're going. Yeah. Artificer really lets you, and Infusion specifically, really lets you kind of adapt to your situation. Um, and for that, I love them. Yeah. Any inspirations for the class uh, before we wrap up, guys? Any other little notes we want to say about what we got with artificers? Just I joke, but these are my. <laughs> this is by far my favorite class. The fact that I haven't played one is mostly just due to the fact that either other people at the table want to play them, or I just feel like they don't fit in with the I'm, what I'm, I want to do for a campaign. I mean, they even have lightning damage mechanically built in. Brad. You can make a Thor character, Brad. You can make a Thor. <laughs> Here it is. Make literally Thor. With a returning hammer? With a returning hammer. You can yeah. make it happen. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, I, I am convinced that they are, yeah. I enjoy them. I think I'm convinced, but I personally, I probably would not play them. My brain does not understand complicated things. So this to me can bode for the complication that I would forget 90% of what I am capable of doing. So do I love them? Yes. For someone else. However, <laughs> yeah, it, you want to play with one, not play one, but not be yeah. one. Yeah. yeah. Um, I want to, I want to be one and armor really sold it on me. I was always, it was always my favorite one, but our conversation today is well, armor is 100%. Cool. Like it's, it's, it's a neat little dude. So I legit wanted to play one, but every single, uh, like for our current campaign, Megan, um, but every single time I looked at it, I'm like, okay, and mix in this thing, and then and mix it like it was this character build multi-class monstrosity that I was building. And and Artificer leads really well into that. Um, and I, I love it for that. And then I believe it was you, Adam, and Dave all gave me the challenge. Dan, you need to actually play a character the same class from level one to level 20. <gasps> Mm-hmm. And then we started a new campaign. I'm like, you assholes. We did I that. I want to play an artificer. And I know if I'm going to play an artificer, I'm going to want a multi-class. Yeah. Whereas I have my monk or- who is now wanting to multi-class an artificer so that I can throw things. Yes. <laughs> because Whereas currently I, I play a monk that throws I look things. at artificer and I don't want to multi-class it because I love everything, especially if you look at the base class. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've covered that in the past episode. Ultimately, the base class is you only get fifth level spells. Like it. It, the base class is great. It's very, very great. But really, you get up to the point where you could uh, attune four magic items. Yep. You don't need to go further than that. Yeah. Right? So it, it's it's one of those things like I I I want to multi-class with it. So, so that's why I'm playing the bard now instead. But my next character, 100%, is an artificer. Um, so uh, Oscar, in when we hit the next campaign, uh, he's uh, I'm playing a half-orc artificer. That's what I'm doing. 
so uh i've already talked to adam about it and he's like i don't like it i'm like too bad i'm doing it we're doing it so (laughs) (laughs) anyways that is it for our discussion on artificers but we've got a lot more ground to cover with a lot of other classes and subclasses so subscribe or follow and check back regularly to see what inspirations and insights we'll have for you in the future next week we will be returning to our conversation on hags for the last time are you sure (laughs) for now for now yeah for the last time for now love that for you Well, thanks for listening to another episode of the It's a Mimic podcast. If you'd like to support us, we do have a donate button on our website at www.itsamimic.com, as well as a store for some awesome merch. We also rely on word of mouth to get news of the podcast out there to the community. So please pass the word to everyone you know that we're available on iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube, as well as most podcast apps. Thanks again for listening to It's a Mimic, where you never know what you're going to get. This has been an It's a Mimic production. Inquiries, requests, and questions for our mailbags can be sent to info at itsamimic.com. All right, so we touched on it briefly. Let's get do a bit of a deeper dive into the homunculus servant. There's a lot to talk about here. Uh, um, it's Servant. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Servant. No, Thank it's you. not. <laughs> the homunculus servant. Homunculus servant. No. 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 It would be if you were playing in Ravenloft. It's true. Absolutely. I agree. Anyways, go on. Anyways. We, all right. We let's do a bit of a deeper dive here. Um, so we t- touched on it. Our AC of 13. Um, hit points are equal to uh, one plus your intelligence modifier plus the number of D4s equal to your artificer level. So it levels scales with you. Uh, flying speed, we talked about 30 feet, only 20 feet walking. They're short, stout little things. Um, actual physical stats are low. I mean, it has next to no strength. They're somewhat dexterous. Con's good. Int's okay. Wisdom's okay. Charisma's not anything to be impressed by. Mm-hmm. Um, one point thing I do want to point out is they actually have immunity to poison exhaustion and the poisoned condition adam's favorites yeah um and it understands any language you speak so as long as you can speak a language you can talk to this thing um so if you want to speak secretly to it you can just choose any language you'd like interestingly it's cr is specifically related to your proficiency bonus for whatever that's worth dms if you're calculating <laughs> it's worth it. nothing <laughs> it's really worth um humongous let's touch real quick they get uh evasion just like mugs do so if you uh, succeed on a dexterity saving throw, you take no damage. I mean, rogues also get it. I feel like all they do is dodge stuff. That's what did what I said. say? Monks. Oh, did I say monks? Yeah, I was. I, was well, I mean, you're right. Monks get it. But monks do get it. But rogues. I was uh, funny enough. I was actually thinking of rogues. So it's funny that I said. Monks. You know, historically, rogues. You know, rogue. <laughs> yeah. That's where my mind was. I'm surprised I said monks. We talked about monks today. That's why. Mm-hmm. Um, as for an attack, they get a force strike, which is a D4 of force damage plus your proficiency bonus. Um, And, oh, that actually has a 30-foot range, by the way. It is not uh, a melee attack. And they can also deliver any touch spell that you can cast. They can deliver it for you, as long as they're within 120 feet of you. This is massive. That last reaction to, one, it is their reaction to do it. So they do not get a tax of opportunity or anything if they do this. Two, within 120 feet delivering a touch spell. Cure wounds is a touch spell. Yes, it is. Right? So now your cure wounds and they deliver it. Yes. Okay. They can hold on to that spell and then deliver it after the move. Oh, interesting. That's a good way of putting that. Mm -hmm. Okay. So um, 
they could you kind of cast that spell on them and then they're the one who activates it on their turn mm-hmm. as a bonus action so yeah. there are endless opportunities here with this yes one. and no because their turn is technically after your initiative is it not yes true. it is true but if you say i need you to cure that guy he's the uh, uh gnome rogue that just ran across the field for the entire first four rounds it's going to take the homunculus two turns to get there right true it could fly across the field yep right okay. like it's it's very very um it opens up a lot of capability again you only have fifth level spells you don't have a whole hell of a lot of spell slots so use this sparingly yeah. and obviously and it has to, again be on a touch spell so prepare your spell slots accordingly at least knowing that this is an option yeah okay um, um so yeah um in order to create this you need a gem or crystal worth 100 gold pieces uh like megan mentioned earlier this is kind of the heart of the creature yep mm-hmm. so should the artificer or the homunculus die uh the homunculus itself vanishes leaving the heart behind so there's just a hundred gold piece gem or crystals sitting there yeah um interesting things i noticed here um a lot of flavor for these right you can literally make them look like whatever you want to they are going to be a clockwork sort of device something mechanical so keep that in mind but the shape is up to you so it can be as personalized as your artificer is really really interesting mm-hmm. um uh the other one too is as far as their you mentioned that they megan that they take their turn right after you in initiative yeah they can do nothing with their action other than dodge unless you as the artificer use your bonus action to command one of the other actions yeah so it's like another step that that you have to take so if you're casting a spell you have to bonus action use your bonus action right yeah Yeah. like you you're using your bonus action have it do anything but dodge so keep that in mind um one thing i noticed and i think dms Take a note of this because of the fact if the homunculus dies, it doesn't have a lot of hit points. It's not going to be hard to do. Have somebody on the battlefield pick up that gem and run off with it. You just create a new plot point for your artificer, right? This 100 gold piece gem has disappeared. They can no longer summon their homunculus. Play with that. Obviously, you're not going to do it all the time, but at least once. What a dick move. (laughs) Yes, yes, it is. Adam. It's a it's a one shot. It's a one shot, right? All right, I accept. Yeah, yeah, you're not gonna you're not gonna have this missing from your artificer forever, but you can definitely make a really fun plot point out of this, make a new enemy, do what you need to do. Um, I recommend a kobold or a goblin. I will always recommend kobolds or goblins. So, guys, do you know the history, like the real world history of homunculi? Are you going to tell us? No. I I, I want to. Break it down for us. Okay. So homunculi are stemmed from mid-16th century uh, alchemy. Okay. Um, uh, There are some older versions of that within folklore, but the first real mention of an actual homunculus is attributed to a guy by the names of Paracelsus. Um, Great name. That's a name. A great D&D name. Um, Now, there are a couple topics on the podcast we don't talk about. Unfortunately, the original creation of homunculus has to bounce against one of those topics. So Uh here is uh, the method outlined by Paracelsus to create a homunculi. The sperm of a man be putrefied by itself in a sealed cucurbit for 40 days with the highest degree of putrefaction from a horse's womb. This is super fun, guys. I love it. Keep going. Gross. Why are we going here? (laughs) 
at least so long that it comes to life and moves itself and stirs, which is easily observed. After this time, it will look somewhat like a man, but transparent without a body. Mm. If after this, it be fed wisely with the arcanum of human blood, so plasma, um, and be nourished for up to 40 weeks and be kept in the even heat of the horse's womb, a living human child grows therefrom with all of its members like another child, which is born of a woman, but much smaller. Okay. Gross. Creepy times, but homunculi were basically little servants that you could grow using bodily fluid and a horse's womb. Great. Super gross. If this is gross, there is another form of homunculi that I that we should all know, and that is called the mandragora. And this is from popular folklore. All right, Dan, take a deep breath and dive in. Okay. <laughs> Damn it, Megan. <laughs> this is just going to be quick. The mandragora uh, are uh, known in German as the Elorina. Um, They are um, another one of these big create your own servant kind of thing. And there is a uh, person by the name of Jean-Baptiste Pitois uh, who created a book of magic in the 1500s. So take with this a, a grain of salt who outlined what a Madragora is. And this is a lot easier. This is a, um, to create a Madragora as powerful as the homunculus, which he calls a little man in a bottle, which is funny to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, find the root of a plant called the Byrony. Take it out of the ground on a Monday, the day of the moon, a little time after the vernal equinox. Cut off the ends of the root and bury it at night in some country churchyard in a dead man's grave for 30 days water it with cow's milk in which three bats have been drowned. This, this is like old style magic stuff that I'm not a hundred percent comfortable with. Like, but like it, it's all nonsense, but like, it's, it's that level of folklore twisted occult that I really, really, really find interesting. Yeah. On 30, uh, when the 31st day arrives, take out the roots in the middle of the night and dry it in an oven heated with branches of verbena, then wrap it in a piece of dead man's winding sheet and carry it with you everywhere. That is how you get a mandragora. Love it. Why is no one doing this? Because it doesn't work. Because this is oh. kind of similar to creating golems in, in Jewish folklore. Have the same level of thing. I'm sorry. I mean, have you tried it, Dad? No. <laughs> yeah. No. How can you I say haven't. it doesn't work when you haven't done it yourself? <laughs> and no, it very well could work. I don't you want to try. Report back to the class. No. You give it a go and report back no, to the class. I don't want to try. You brought it up. It's on you. Uh, no, it, we no, could have left don't it you put this evil long. on me, Ricky Bobby. Don't you put this in. This is how blood plagues are started, all right? Let's not do this. You brought this up. It's on you now. Uh, but the idea of a monk list, what I'm trying to get across here, yeah. is a one that is one of the oldest concepts in D&D. Homunculi are older than um, our modern ideas of what orcs and goblins and everything are. So like the fact that they are like the separation of kobold and goblin is a newer concept than homunculi. Mm -hmm. So I, I, this is one of those aspects as someone who is fascinated by folklore and stuff like that, that whenever I see the word homunculus, I get excited. I like having homunculus in my games. I am especially happy that they are not created the same way. They yeah, are a I, yeah, I much prefer mechanical the mechanical treasure. version. I'm happy with that. More of a PG rating here in 5th edition D&D. Yes. <laughs> so uh, I, I love that, them. Um, 
But remember, everybody, when you're playing D&D, a lot of these bullshit made up fantasy words like homunculus have some roots that are incredibly interesting. And as a DM, if you are hitting a stumbling block into what to throw your party against, looking up the origins of some of these words is rife of inspiration. True. Yeah. or non oh, sorry fuck i'm having troubles here sorry can you just get your shit together <laughs> i'm trying <laughs> thanks for listening bye